This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is Hog Reaction live at Randall Ford. 5500 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith, the fourth oldest Ford dealership in America. Rocket to the 40, to the 30, to the 20. To the 10, to the house. Brought to you by The Party Place, the largest locally owned party supply store in Arkansas with locations in Fort Smith, Rogers, and Conway. Let's party. I'm behind Lisa on the bridge, and I have jumped off. I am in the river. Call or text the show at 866-285-4005. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hog Reaction here, presented by The Party Place. Live at Randall Ford on ESPN Arkansas, and we are streaming on hitthatline.com. LSU 13, Arkansas 10. The final score today from Fayetteville as Arkansas loses for the second consecutive Saturday, and they drop to 5-5 five and five on the year. Derek Ruskin here in the studio. Ty Richardson live out at Randall Ford. Ty, what would you think of this game? Pain. I mean, I, I regretfully took my glasses off, and my eyes are still red with not tears, but just rage. I mean, you had that game. You did. LSU was giving you gift after gift after gift, Derek. You just pissed on it. I mean, we, we talked about it last week. Offensively, line had their worst game of the season. And the whole idea was, well, this week, even though they're playing a much more talented team on the defensive front, they're going to come out with a rage and a vengeance like we've never seen. Well, that wasn't the case at all, man. No, no, and um, it was. Um, it, it's again troubling that the so-called leaders of the football team have not grabbed a hold of this uh, crisis situation and made something out of it. Because that's usually what the veteran offensive line of a football team does. But we have not seen that for two weeks in a row. Um, I mean, you, you can hear in some of the sound bites we'll play later with Sam Pittman the frustration he sa- kept saying over and over again, "We got to block him, we got to block him," and it. Watching him and listening to him and, and just watching this whole thing, it's particularly frustrating when his area of expertise seems to be letting the whole operation down in a lot of ways over the past couple of weeks. That being the offensive line. Ding ding ding! You hit the nail on the head, Derek. 
Sam Pittman is always going to be described as a guy that is an offensive line genius. His former players are littered across the National Football League. You talk to anyone he played for, they speak nothing but the best of him. But in the last two games, that has been the worst position group on the football field. And I don't think it's close. And I know Dalton Wagner went out there today and Tykeus Crawford had himself a handful. And, oh, great thing. you got to see Ter- Harold Perkins two more years, Derek. He's <laughs> yeah. not done. He's a true freshman. This is like when you had Devin White, who at one point I thought might come to Arkansas. He was doing things as a true freshman, just killing you. Well, yeah, you got to see Perkins two more years. And apparently Kelly said after the game that he was doing with the flu. So that he wasn't even full strength today. Still killed him. The Harold Perkins flu game <laughs> yeah. today for uh, for LSU. What a uh, what a what a what a. I mean, he's one of those guys. So sometimes in the game, I try and flip the fan hat on and go, boy, they're talking about him a lot. Why aren't they talking about this? And then he makes another play, and you're like, oh, that's why they're talking about him a lot because he's in the backfield every he, single play. He was tasked by House, their defensive coordinator, spy on Malik Hornsby for the majority of the game, and Malik, for the most part, didn't get anywhere. Now, he had a run or two where I was like, ah, that was a good play. But Perkins is, I mean, tick for tat, was right there with what is perceived to be the fastest guy on Arkansas's football team. That tells you the talent that LSU has right now at the linebacker position in Harold Perkins. I think just offensively, and I know they announced K.J. Jefferson in the starting lineup, and we saw Malik Hornsby, of course, but I was thinking to myself, you know what, maybe Malik will come out and show us a little something today because he's been practicing what we, again, we don't get to see full lengths of practice, but from the outside looking in, he's getting more reps, unlike against first against Mississippi State. Cade got those. All right, maybe Malik will show us something today. And I, th- I just think that, Today was just not his day, man, and I'm disappointed because I think that he stayed here and he, he really wanted to, to play, and it just just wasn't his day, dude. It's just not in the cards, I don't think. I, I, I just don't think it's in the cards. I don't know if it's the scheme doesn't fit him. I don't know, like, what, but Pittman seemed frustrated with the fact that there were opportunities. He's just got to rip it and, and throw it, and, yep. and he just would not, he could not or would not make that split-second decision. Either he can't or he's just not at that level of um, comfort with the uh, with the offense, which would seem um, somewhat problematic since he's gotten, from what we understand, a bulk of the reps over the last two weeks in practice. I agree 100%. By the way, Randall Ford is the best of the best new car dealer and has the best uh, collision repair shop here as well. I want to mention that. Congratulations to them. But yeah, for Malik, at a certain point, I thought Cade came in and just started slinging it around. And I know Cade's, Cade's a better passer. But if you're Malik, you know what? You got nothing to lose, dude. Once KJ comes back, you're not starting anymore. So you might as well just let it fly. And I felt like he was tense. And he just didn't get to that point, as you just referred to, Derek, where there might – and, again, we're, we're not seeing the full field. I'm not seeing what coverage he's reading or what the players are doing on the other side. But I was just like, just let it fly, dude. If if you lose, go down swinging. But it's like he just kept strikeout looking, right? That, that's what I was watching today. Yeah. there. Well, I, I have no doubt about this. In the uh, upcoming portal period, they have got to go find a, another quarterback. I don't think there's any doubt about it. They do not have – if KJ comes back, stays, I don't know what he's going to do next year. But I, I just um, – that room is is one person deep right now. They, they got one guy, and if he can't play, then you get an offense that can't get 300 yards in, in a in a Division One 
college football game. So I think that's um, a high priority. I don't know, uh, you know, there's people that uh, wonder about what's going to happen with the staff. I don't know who's going to be the coordinator. Maybe Kendall stays. I don't know. But they, they got to have another quarterback on this roster, don't you think? I would think so. And it would be a guy because and I think Forden's going to exhaust his eligibility yeah. after this season, and there's not much really behind him. So that would that would be my expectation. I know you're bringing Singleton in, who you're excited about, kid out of Georgia who seemed to have some talent. But you've got to add a – kind of a veteran to that locker room. I didn't think Fortin was bad today. He just he didn't have any time, Derek. Yeah. I yeah, mean, they don't block like, him. Yeah. They they I mean Perkins was in the backfield all day long. If it wasn't him, it was Ojolari or that Baskerman kid. I mean, they just had guy after guy. And not to say that LSU didn't have problems of their own, because give credit to Barry Odin. We're I know we're talking offense, but did he have his guys ready to play or what? But I mean Fortin came in and I know there was a couple drops from the receivers as well. He had a great pass to Landers on the sideline, and we got walloped as he let the ball go. I, yeah. I didn't think Ford played bad at all. Man. That would no, I, he didn't. He didn't play bad. I, I'll agree with that. I also um, echo something that they talked about in the in the press conference. That was the best defensive game since South Carolina for Arkansas. Mm-hmm. I mean. Into the second half and into the fourth quarter, LSU still had no idea what they were going to do. They couldn't figure it out the entire day, what was going on uh, with with Barry Odom's uh, defense there. And again, 13 points in modern college football when you have a, uh, granted, you've got a backup quarterback and then a backup to the backup quarterback out there. But in modern college football, 13 points, that's, that's, that's enough. That's job well done by your defense. And but, there's a lot. Sorry, good. No, I just, your that's just. Uh, I mean, that's it's two weeks in a row because twenty one's enough too. But they couldn't figure that out last week either. You're a hundred percent valid in that statement. Barry Odom's got to be ticked, and he'll never say this publicly, but I bet he's fuming mad at the offense and Kendall Bryles when his defense came through back to back weeks, and the offense didn't really give him anything. And it's a tough situation. KJ's banged up last week, can't do much. And then you just don't have really anything at the backup quarterback position that you're extremely confident in. But you still got to manage more than that. And I know Sam is probably ticked off that how the the fourth and goal went where he would love to probably kick that field goal. You end up losing the game by three points. That's the – I mean, that's another key part we mm-hmm. can get into as well. I just think that defensively they gave it all today. And I back to the offensive line, Derek – you're in a situation, guys, where – and I know Dalton didn't play today. Dalton Wagner, right tackle, was out with the injury. But you guys have to be great in order for this team to win a football game. If the backup quarterback's in or if K.J.'s banged up, they have to know that. And the same should be said for the wide receivers. It's like, guys, you can't have any drops. You're, you're, <laughs> there's not going to be a, a ton of balls that get to you just because of what's going on right now with the, the flukiness of the offense and – I don't know. I'm not a coach. I don't know what to say to these young men, but the last two weeks it hasn't worked. This is Hog Reaction on ESPN Arkansas. You can text us or call us at our uh, uh, Ruskin and Zach line, 866-285-4005. Wally is on the phone in Bentonville. Go ahead, Wally. Hey, guys, a few things. First of all, I want to touch on the offensive line comments you guys were making. And, you know, a lot of times when we look at players, we say – you know, this guy's just not ready for the SEC. He's not SEC quality. And we say that a lot about the players. But one thing we don't do is say it about the coaches. So let's look at Cody Kennedy. You know who he is? He's a guy 
that only had three years of G5 FBS experience before we hired him. No other SEC team, especially not one with thoughts of competing at a high level, would hire a guy with that week of a resume. We saw what happened when we did that with Dustin Fry and Anderson before him. The only reason he probably got the job was because he was a Sam Pittman protege. So while we're looking at why things aren't working, we got to take a look at the coaches as well. If they're not developing them, if they're not getting them ready, look at those resumes and say, are these coaches SEC worthy? But the thing that worries me the most that we keep seeing over and over again is the decision-making from the staff, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. And I think the biggest blown decision was last week, starting KJ because it probably cost you two games Mm. because you rest him last week. He's probably healthy and ready to go. And this game has a totally different outcome. And, you know, Sam's at a crossroads right now. I'd like to use the analogy that this is, this was happy days. Sam was Fonzie. He's the cool guy that could kick up the jukebox, right? Barry Odom's Richie. He's the level headed, pragmatic one. He's doing his thing. Then we got an offensive coordinator in Kendall Browns, who's Potsy. Potsy could sing. He had a little bit of talent, but he still wasn't going anywhere. And for, you know, uh, Scott Fountain is Ralph Mouth because he's got all the jokes. I mean, have you guys seen the punters? They're horrible. Outside of Cam Little, that's all we've got on special teams. We don't have a return game. We can barely field punts the right way. And it's like, so Sam Pittman's about to jump the shark. He's behind the boat. He's in his leather jacket and his boots, and he's hitting. He's going to hit that ramp if he keeps if he keeps following Potsy and Ralph, and it's going to be over. He's got to get more confident in his decision making, make those decisions on his own, and not too little, too late. Every game we see it too little, too late. Do they change on the offensive side of the ball? But all kudos to Barry Odom. That's a coach doing work. Started out so bad, had some injuries gotten better every week, came down to the sideline, got better every week. He's the only one that we can say is earning his pay. And you know what the scariest part is? We could go on a, I think we're on a three-game home losing streak. It could be four. We had one of our most favorable home schedules with seven home games. We haven't won one since the end of December. That, I mean, September. That's scary, guys. But hopefully he gets that jukebox mojo back and he doesn't jump the shark. But I'm afraid he's almost there. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you, Wally. Some good happy days uh, references in that phone call. I needed that, man. I've been so down after that loss. and I mean, I was hoping I could drink happy tonight, but instead I'm going to be sucking down Michelob and Bud Light's just ticked off, which never is a good thing to be angry and drunk at the same time, Derek. As DQ likes to say, use alcohol as your coat, Ty. That's what you as have to coat. do tonight. As your coat. That's right. Yes. Like C-O-A-T Yes, coat? that coat. Yes. Yes, to keep you warm Yeah. on this uh, on another cold night coming up here. There yeah. we go. Yeah. Uh, that's my first time hearing that. Thank you, DQ. It'll get used, <laughs> it'll get used next week. Hey, you and uh, you and Zach want to do the post game next week. Uh, please. Like, if Tommy actually makes me do the post game next week, I'm going to be really disappointed. I hope it's, that it's only happen. in the middle of the night. I mean, but other than that, I mean, y'all aren't doing anything. I'm young and dumb, and I can do stuff at a night like that. Y'all are just gonna stay home. Y'all aren't gonna do anything anyway. Just... We'll be sleeping. That's what. That's what. I, that's what. That's what old people like me do when the, at, at ten o'clock on a Saturday night. Oh, All right, man. let's uh, go back to the phones here. The hog reaction presented by the Party Place. Uh, David is in Fayetteville. Go ahead, David. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm one of the majority disgusted. 
uh, fans in the Razorback Nation. But, uh, you know, it's like, it's like we've re- relive, relived for two decades. And it's like, you know, and it changes every coach we've had because it's like we've had some good coaches in here, but it's like the slightest hiccup in the season, and it's like there's this culture of quitting on our teams that that happens every single time something bad happens. It's like, you know, everybody wants to blame her the whole season on that kid that missed a field goal. But, uh, you know, but they, they quit way before that. And then, I mean, and some of the boneheaded play calling they did is just, I, you would think, you would expect better out of a junior high coach. Well, but, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I mean, when things happen over and over over the uh, over the span of multiple uh, generations, I brought this up a few weeks ago. Like maybe we're the problem. Like maybe we put all of this uh, pressure and you know everywhere we go, you know, football players, basketball players, they walk into restaurants, they're cheered, they're treated like kings and but princes, that's... and 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 maybe we're the problem. We we make it to to. We make it where there's so much pressure on them that when the slightest thing does go wrong, they start to panic. I don't know, but that's everywhere, and I don't think it's I don't think it's Ron have expectations. You're the Arkansas Razorbacks, Frank Broyles, and some other guys, Nolan Richardson, Nolan Bryant. I mean, you've got some legends that have come and coached here in this state, and there were expectations then. There's expectations now. You don't expect to miss a bowl. Do you think they're gonna make a bowl, Derek? That's the thing. You talk about the three M's, right? Yep. Ole Miss, Mississippi, and Missouri. You got your clocks cleaned by Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. You're probably not going to beat Ole Miss next weekend. And do you really feel solid in saying you're going to go to Columbia, Missouri to close out the season and win to get bowl eligible? Because I don't. And yeah. that is an expectation you have to meet if you're the Arkansas football coach. You need to make a bowl every year. And I think if you ask most people – they overachieved last year. The nine wins that they got last year should have been this year's team. They got nine because they had, what, 19 or 31 super seniors, whatever it was, and they were a lot better than people thought they were. But now they've come back to earth a little bit, and you're on the brink of not making a bowl game, which, in my opinion, and I think everyone's opinion that's listening right now, is unacceptable for the Arkansas football program. I don't have I don't have anything to to, uh, to counter that with. I mean, I think that the uh, the floor should be six here every year, and um, you know, you're generally in the in the seven or eight, maybe a nine. Occasionally, in the rarest of years, you, you get up to ten. But you, I mean, yeah, you shouldn't um, be fighting for your postseason lives, you know going down to the final two weeks of the regular season. I, I, I don't think that's um, – I don't think that – this team's better than that. And Greg McElroy had a comment. I, I can't remember exactly how he put it, but it was something about – basically the gist of the comment was Arkansas is a good team. They just keep messing up all the time is kind of is what he said, but not exactly how, how he said it. You know what I mean? And it's like, well, if they're a good team – and they mess up all the time. They're not a good team. Like, I mean, you can't. Both of these things can't exist in the same in the same dimension. Something is not right here. Something's been um, off, and and now we've seen, uh, particularly the last two weeks, the offensive line has totally just uh, let everybody down. I can't understand Ty 
how they can't look at all of the, the all of the uh, work that's going into getting a quarterback on the field, and there's no pride for them to step up and block anybody. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. If you're a competitive person, if you have any soul at all, you're going to go out there and do everything you can to do your job that much more better because of your uh, because of your teammate who's struggling. We have not seen that in the last two games at all on the offensive side of the ball at all. You think if we lined Derek Ruskin up a defensive end, he could have sacked Malik or K today at least once? No, no. <laughs> but I. But you know, one of the one of the um, one of the. One of the great points that Joe Tess made on the game. Okay, so Hornsby's super fast. He's being run down by Harold Perkins. He's fast, too, at that size. It's It doesn't make any sense. LSU's just different, man. The cheat code. Yeah, they yeah. they have dudes every year that are just better than you, period. Yeah. Now, I'll ask this, Derek. Have you been a good football team this year? The answer is yes, but it's one. You've been one good football team. I'm talking about really salty, really good. That's Cincinnati. That's it. <laughs> you haven't beaten another good football team. South Carolina's not any good. Missouri State's not any good. BYU, really not that good. Auburn, not any good. I mean, no. you didn't beat Texas A&M, who we now know stinks. You didn't beat a great football team in Alabama. You didn't beat a good football team in Mississippi State. You didn't beat a really good football team in LSU. You're probably not going to beat a good football team in Ole Miss. We'll see what happens in Missouri. But you have not been a really – excuse me – Outside of Cincinnati, you have not been a really quality football team this year. Autumn's, Auburn's the bottom of the barrel. Don't give me the SEC card. They are the worst team in the West. It's not close. Well, I say that. I guess you beat them, but you're the second worst team in the West. Uh, hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash westwood1. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash westwood1 now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash westwood1. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. A&M, they're bad. They didn't win that game, but AM's not a, A&M hasn't won since then. And 
Are they really not? No, they have not. They have not won <laughs> since they beat Arkansas. I hate that school so much. Oh my, and I saw, you know, it's funny. I saw my buddy last night that graduated from there, and we just kind of looked at each other. And you, you know how you can look at someone, and there's pain behind the eyes, and you just know what they're going through. We're going through the same thing. It, yeah. It's it's horrible right now in College Station in, in Fayetteville these last couple weeks. Let's talk to uh, Big Mike in Waldron. Yes, Big Mike, you're on Hog Reaction. Well, I'm going to look on the bright side. Good. All right. Let's get the it. Deep, the deep, all, all those injuries on the defense and all those young guys who've had to play, they've finally gotten pretty good, you know, yeah. on the defense. The, the offense does not work without a quarterback who can run and throw. That means the offensive line is not doesn't work well without one who can run and throw. KJ couldn't do either much last week, and uh, Malik seemed like he was unwilling to throw today, and he didn't run very well. And Forden, well, he got lucky and got a touchdown. So, you know, I'm still going to look on the bright side. Hey, our defense doesn't stink anymore. It's true. <sighs> That's about all I got to say, boys. All right. Thank, thank you, Big Mike. They, yeah. they started to put it together um, – when did they start to put it together? BYU, they had some moments. I mean, Auburn's totally incompetent. So, I mean, anybody could have stopped them. But the last two weeks in particular, I mean, you hold Liber- uh, Hugh Freeze offense to 21 points. That's pretty good. And then today, obviously, they they have um, – Barry Odom is doing – is following the – like we talked about. He's following the script. In November, they're getting better. Yeah, they are. And he mentioned the young players – you might have found a, a a guy in Quincy McAdoo. That dude can play. I was we know what he did last week. Had a couple plays today, and then Christopher Poop Paul Jr. I mean, you talk about a guy that lays the wood when he comes on a blitz. You ever watch a running back try and pick him up? He bullies that guy. He runs him over. I really like what I've seen from him, and we know you got we know you got Drew Sanders and some of the other guys, but defensively there's at least some takeaways the last two games that you can say there's a lot of positives, Derek. But at the end of the day, this is an offensive game. It's been that way for the last, what, five to ten years now yes. since we've seen a shift. Yep. So offensively, while your defense has taken a step forward, your offense has taken two steps back. All right, let's uh, hear from Eddie in Clarksville here on Hog Reaction. Eddie. Bottom line, gentlemen, uh, valued effort today by our defense. Uh, I mean, what more can a defense do to help you win a ball game? Offensively, we fell. I mean, we just fell off the train. I mean, it's been that way for two games now. But last weekend, you know, takes the cake. You know, you thought you would have more to play for at home. You know, it's homecoming. It, you know, you're playing to get bowl eligible, and you put up one of the most disappointing blocking efforts I ever witnessed by by a Razorback football team. And then today, you wasn't much better. I realize you're playing a more quality opponent in LSU. But, I mean, to me, you got to go back to and look at some of your coaching. I mean, uh, to me, Kendall Bryles, I've kind of been chewing on him all year. And, you know, you want to point to somebody, but some of his play calling, we had a lot of third and 12 today, third and 11, and it's up the middle. And then he waited too late to put Fortin in. And Fortin did, you know, at least he could throw the ball down the field. And then, and then we called a tough one for a touchdown. But, I mean, we did drop some passes. So, inconsistency in our, in our program. 
My question to you is, if we don't make a bowl this year, how do you judge this season? I've seen it before. You know, I'd I still be a Hawk fan if they didn't win a game. But now I want my team to win. Just You just hear that. I kind of like that, Ty, what you're saying about the team. It, is it unacceptable for this team to not uh, go to a bowl to, and to get beat by Liberty at home? The bottom line is it's starting to look bad. And so I don't know what you do. You think Sam, you know, he's too nice of a guy. I've seen a little fire, though, you know, on that call down there. Uh, he didn't make that first. I mean, I still think we lose the game. You can't point to one call. I've seen it before. He didn't make that first down. He was Horrible. a yard and a half, two yards from, yeah. from uh, making that first down. They still, stopped him, they still stopped him on that drive, Eddie, and got the ball back. So it ended up not being – maybe with more time they'd do something. I'll just hang out. Still aboard the hog train. But I say this, if we don't go to a bowl this year, it begins to snowball on you quickly. I mean, recruits will begin to jump off the hog train. And so they'll go other places. And so uh, if he doesn't go to a bowl now, if our football program doesn't look in ahead, doesn't uh, perform well next year and doesn't go to a bowl, what do you think in the fifth year, what will happen? All right. We'll talk about it, Eddie. Thank you so much. That's a long way away, Derek. <laughs> that is that is a long way away. I mean, the season's a failure if you don't go to a bowl this year, yeah. right? I mean, and some people will think it's a failure anyway because you didn't win 10. But, I mean, the, the season's a failure. Yeah. Derek, if you get a pay raise from Tommy, what are your expectations from him and everyone else that works with you and that listens to you? That you're supposed to be better, right? That that's would, right. Whether, whether that's fair or foul, that is the perception of when you get a raise as a college football coach. Mm-hmm. Coach got one in the off season, and and I and they've not been good this year. Now, don't mishear what I'm saying. I'm not sitting here telling you that he's in the back of Theo's lounge, like potentially hypothetically a former head coach of yours, and sucking down martinis and not out there recruiting and busting his tail. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that Arkansas fans expected more out of this team, and you deserve to expect more out of this team. You had what some considered a top-three quarterback in the SEC coming back. You hit the transfer portal, and you did a pretty good job. I mean, anyone think Drew Sanders, Nooney McLaughlin, some of the guys you brought in are bad players? No. But for them to not even – for them to be on the brink, Derek, of not even make a bowl game after this team was heralded as potentially a team that could win the SEC West, and I know that – you and I and other sports media members. I mean, I thought they were going to win eight games. Now they might not even make a bowl. So I just, I get where Arkansas fans are frustrated. You are validated in your frustrations. This is not a, a stupid, angry moment that sometimes fans have after a loss or something. You are valid in the fact that this team might not make a bowl game and you're the Arkansas freaking Razorbacks. That should never, ever happen. Especially when you're a uh, third year under a coach that appears to, um, until this season, have, um, you know, a solid program being run here. A lot of momentum. A lot of stuff going on. And Eddie's right. If uh, if they miss a bowl game, uh, the momentum is gone. And now you've got to figure out how to get it back. And it's being taken. This sport moves so quickly, you know. I mean, there are other programs out there that, that you know that win a game or two in November, and all of a sudden they get a lot of attention, and you're not getting any attention. I mean, it's, it moves so fast, and um, they've got to get it back somehow. All right, we've returned here on the Hog Reaction Program. Ty Richardson live out at Randall Ford. Derek Ruskin here in the studio. LSU 13, Arkansas 10. 
your final score today. And we go back to the uh, phones here, Ty, with uh, Robert and Fort Smith. Go ahead, Robert. Hey, guys. Real quick, the only thing that I'm kind of questioning is this. We've seen the Malik show, and we know Fort says they're not ready. We better get a Christmas present or something because <laughs> if Malik does, if Malik does, or uh, AJ, KJ leaves, we don't have a quarterback. And it's been shown that we better get one because we could end up with seasons like this if we don't get somebody. And I'll see what y'all think. Well, Derek said it earlier, so I'm. I'm not against that at all. Uh, Derek, you were 100% right in your assessment earlier, man. I mean, I, I the more I watch Malik Hornsby, um, the more we realize why he's not given these opportunities like last week. Because he, he just, he's, he's. It's not an SEC quarterback. No. He's just, uh, that's, uh, that's just what it is. Sometimes you hit on recruits. Sometimes you miss on recruits. And yeah. I, I think it's fair to say from what we've watched to this point, and I, that that is not a – I don't think that's an unfair statement to say that. Well, you you can't make a play like one out of every seven snaps. Like you've got to be – that's what he does. Like he will flash like one out of seven plays. You'll go, wow, okay, first down, 15-yard run. Nice, <laughs> nice, nice play there. And then the next six, nothing happens. That's not a, That's not a good ratio there. Uh, and it's not easy to be a quarterback in this league. We know how difficult it is, and you got you and I got a chance to do a show with one. And I've just talked to him, and I'm, again, we don't understand necessarily the schematics and the, the zones and the reads and everything they have to go work through on any given snap. But I, I think it's fair to say, from our vantage point and everyone else's, that what we've seen from Malik, he's not. KJ is even. Uh, let's look at. Our initial thoughts about KJ. So he comes in against Mississippi State as a true freshman, marches him straight down, three plays, touchdown. And you're like, man, he might have something here. What does he do? He follows it up next year with almost beating Missouri. You should have won that football game, but your defense didn't do anything against the Tigers. And you're like, all right, maybe maybe you got something in this backup behind Felipe Franks. He comes in, starts out a little slow last year, and then starts to roll a little bit, and then just blows up in November. And you're like, man. You have something. You, you haven't crossed over that yet with Malik, and I think he's played enough snaps and enough minutes to for us to say, I don't know if it's going to work, and I don't think it has worked. The team didn't rally around him today either. Like they yeah. have around KJ in the past. And that's, that's tough because he's just a better player, dude. I mean, think about what you're playing. I know a lot of y'all listening played high school sports. Maybe some of y'all were privileged enough to play college. When you play with a better guy, it's just easier to feel like you're going to win. And I honestly think they still somehow, some way, as bad as that offense played, I thought they were going to find a way to win that football game. But then Harold Perkins, who I remind you, you're going to have to see the next two years yeah. in purple and gold because he is just a true freshman. He just erased that. He he had the flu, according to Brian Kelly. I mean, like he single-handedly won that game for the Tigers today. Maybe if, one guy. Maybe the flu benefits you when it's thirty-five degrees on the field. You know, you you, you don't get uh, you don't get super cold. You I don't know. Maybe that maybe that benefits you. I have no idea. All right. Oh, and, and oh, and we're back to normal. We're letting guys play with the flu now. Was that a thing we're doing now? Right. I guess. Hey, Derek, real quick. Yes. I, I am here at Randall Ford, fifty-five hundred Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith. You know they had a kangaroo boxing here. Was that Monday night, Dalton? The kangaroo boxing. 
Last week, Monday night, they had legitimate kangaroo boxing here. I did not know that. I'm not kidding. Like, it was the it was the most insane video I've ever seen. I have never been more disappointed not being on a car dealership Monday night than I was this past Monday when they were doing kangaroo boxing here. They got a lot of other stuff, too, including the best collision repair shop and the best of the best new car dealer. But kangaroo boxing, man, that just, that's the that's the icing on top of the cake, dude. I've never, um, <laughs> I've been there when they've had a barbershop quartet, but I've never seen them have kangaroo <laughs> boxing there at uh, Randall Ford. All right. Let's uh, go back to the phones here. Uh, our buddy Robert Mann's on the phone here. Uh, hi, Robert. What's up? Well, I'm I, I'm not jumping off the bridge yet. I'm not giving in yet, but I've got some questions, and I think uh, everybody's got a lot of questions. It just seems like you stick your finger in one of the holes in the dam and five other ones open. I, I, for the life of me, I can't figure out this team. It's like first of the season, the offensive line looked like they've really made strides and they look good, and now they're falling apart, and the defense looked like crap at the beginning of the season, and now all of a sudden the defense is – I just can't figure it out. Uh, I will say this. If the defense shows up like it did today, next week, and we get KJ back, I think I think Ole Miss is going to be in for another battle. But but again, I have so many different directions to go with this team that I complain about. I don't know where to start. I mean, I, I'm kind of starting to wonder if these guys, our coaching staff, can figure out how to uh, evaluate talent because it's like if there's guys coming off the bench that are playing great one week and guys that should be playing great not. It's just I'm at a loss. I really am at a loss. I'm confused. Am I the only one feeling this way? No, um, but what has happened, I, I think, here, uh, Robert, is that the defense has gotten better because maybe there's better coaches on the defensive side of the ball than on the offensive side of the ball, and the offense has um, stagnated. They were at their best, I thought. I thought Kendall Bryles tie had full, like he was the puppet master against BYU and against Auburn. And then the last two weeks, like, it, it's gone. The magic is gone there. Yeah, and you went against better defenses. KJ's banged up, backup quarterbacks. So that definitely plays into it. I, I just I just am so disappointed for the young men on the defensive side of the football that have given it their all the last two weeks, particularly in the second half of both games. And you just don't get any help from your teammates and no. on the other side. I mean, this is a team sport. We know that. It's, it's the most cohesive. You have to have the most cohesive group combined out of football, basketball, baseball, pick a sport. If one guy screws up on the football field, it's over for the rest of the team. And, the again, the linchpin of this whole conversation the last two weeks is the strongest unit on this team every single year, theoretically, should be the offensive line. And the team, or excuse me, the position group that has been the worst the last two weeks, it's not close, has been the offensive line. Now, Tommy, it was either Tommy or Chuck that made a good point. Well, Sometimes Nick Saban's secondary has a bad game, which is very true and valid. But once you have that bad game, you follow it up with a really good or great game. And I thought that they would do that today. They didn't do it, Derek. No, no. Sam Pittman was talking uh, following the game about uh, having inexperienced quarterbacks and all the help they need uh, from the other guys on the offense when they're in the game. you got to have help around a quarterback. I mean, I don't care who the quarterback is. If you don't have help around him, I mean, he, no, none of them is going to play good. And uh, so it's two weeks in a row where we can't run the ball and we can't 
we can't throw and catch, and uh, we we better figure out how to do that. Uh, obviously, we felt like we had a game plan that would work, and and uh, we got stuffed. So there's some of the frustration from Sam Pittman on um, a lot of things going wrong offensively again today with uh, with the Razorbacks just ten points in the uh in the ball game and the defense gave up one touchdown which again in modern college yeah. football that should be enough that is enough but for for an offense that was clicking and Jaden Daniels who in the last four games 15 total touchdowns over 70 percent completion I mean he was coming in guns hot and oh. you shut him up today you shut up the guy that's going to be representing the team probably for the SEC uh, from the SEC West this year they came to your stadium and couldn't do jack and you still didn't beat them. Yeah. And uh, uh, they were confused all day long. Another thing that we haven't talked a lot about here with this game is Arkansas, we saw this against Alabama. We've seen the, in that stadium. We've seen it again today. They are given gifts in the first quarter, unable to put any points on the board. It should have been 14 to nothing. Yep. 14 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. And this is exactly what... We talked about in the afternoon tie this week, which is it's going to be cold and LSU is going to be hungover because of last week. You got to get them early. They're going to be flat early. And Arkansas had chances to get them early, to get them down bigger than three points, unable to do it once again. Yeah, it's another element to this game where you're looking back and LSU was just trying to lose this football game. <laughs> I mean, Kelly's going it for it on fourth down everywhere. They're turning the ball over left and right. Jaden Daniels is off. His re- receivers aren't helping him out. You need, I mean, you pretty much stonewalled. Butte had that one post route that he caught near the goal line. But outside of that, he, he kind of stoned one of the SEC's best receivers. And you still somehow, someway managed to lose this football game. And you know what's crazy? So you want to look at the, the bright pot. Arkansas covered. So if you bet money on the Hawks, you least you least, listen. If you're a glass half full guy and you're looking for a something positive to take out of this football game, the Arkansas Razorbacks found a way to cover against the LSU Tigers. They, I wonder, I wonder uh, who has the the guts to ask Coach Pittman about uh, them covering today. They covered be- and they hit the under, which I thought was the lock of all time <laughs> when I looked at the uh, weather report going in. That this there was no way these two teams were going to put sixty points on the board. Not a chance. Dude, I was out on Dixon last night, and it started snowing. <laughs> and immediately, and I, I, I've got a, a good chunk of friends that use the Bet Saracen app. And I'm not kidding. As soon as the first droplet of snow hit the ground, they all got out their phones, and they bet on the under. And that's the only, the only good thing is if you bet either of those things today, guys and gals, you actually might have some money. It's money you don't want. You would have thrown it away if Arkansas would have won. You'd give it right back, but... At least you can take that positive out of it if you're looking for something. All right, we've got our uh, text line. You can uh, also call us up here, 866-285-4005. we got a text, some text here. Um, Ryan and Prairie Grove, um, what happened to Rocket Sanders? Well, they're not blocking anymore. (laughs) It's the simple answer, right? Yeah, I remember. So you remember Leonard Fournette for the Tigers? Yes, and of course. One of the best running backs in college football in the last decade or so. And every year, everyone was so excited for when he got to go against that Alabama defense. 
because it was finally going to be a guy that ran roughshod over Nick Saban and company. Never happened because LSU just didn't block for him every single year. You're like, hey, yo, I, I got a text earlier from my buddy Nelson who's listening in Fayetteville last night, or excuse me, right now. And he's like, Ty, what happened with Rocket? You just you said it just there. If Rocket doesn't have anyone to block for him, if he's got two or three guys in the backfield that are meeting him from the moment he gets the ball from the quarterback, Derek, he's got no shot to do anything. No, and uh, you know, it's not just any this offense, but um, and, and Pittman alluded to it in the in the uh, bite we played a little earlier. Like no offense works if they don't block. Like it, I, I will give Malik Malik made some crappy situations. He 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 made them positive with the with his speed getting to the edge today because there were times where they were closing in on him after a second and a half because uh, the offensive line played so poorly at times. Uh, again today, so he made something happen. Um, you know, Fortin had a run there at one point too, uh, down the far sideline. But I mean, if they don't, this this is the this is the anchor point. This is the foundation of the whole program. Mm-hmm. And the last two weeks, they've been they've been terrible. They've been terrible. You, you think about what you were sold on initially when. Coach Pittman got here, and really, it's it's an ide- it's a complete identity and culture overhaul. And to this point, it's it's been exactly that case. Everything's changed in the regime from Morris to Pittman, and now you're hitting some turbulence, right? Yeah. This is the first time since he stepped on campus that people are looking, and it's not just a, a small minority; it's the majority of fans are asking the question, "What is going on?" Mm-hmm. What is the issue? Why is this not working? It's not their it's not their prerogative to figure it out, Derek. It's the guy that just paid in the, got paid in the off season. It, he he has to figure this out, and he's in a very difficult situation. Your QB's banged up. Maybe he plays against Ole Miss next week. Or you're gonna have to throw Forden and Malik back in there. Probably Forden this next week based on the way he played. I don't know what the answer is, but again, I'm well, not the one getting paid five million. Neither are you. Yeah, well, We're just asking the question. Every 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 issue with a college sports team eventually gets back to a coach. Well, they missed on evaluating this guy. Well, that's what the staff does. Well, they uh, should have done this. That's what they, I mean. It all goes back to him. You're absolutely right about that. Um, and it's just it just doesn't make any sense that. This is like his thing, and it two weeks in a row has been as you. I, I agree with you. Has been the worst position group on the football team, and it, and when it matters, this isn't September where we forget about stuff two months from now. This is November. These are the games that define where your program's going ultimately. And two weeks in a row, the offensive line has played like crap. And last year in the month of November, you could argue that that was the best in of Razorback football last season. KJ was at his best. Mm-hmm. He was completing his passes. I think it was like 76% clip. He was just out of his nine, not turning the ball over. The offensive line was, for the most part, mauling teams. And it was great. And now this year, they've taken a step back. I don't know how much of that is attributed to not having Myron Cunningham. I don't know how much of that is just with KJ being not being back there or not being fully healthy back there. But... We know the Frank Broyles phrase. We've heard it over and over again, as you've just articulated. They remember what you do in November. Right. And I apologize for as bad as that was, because that was a horrible Frank Broyles um, monologue or whatever. But, I mean, 
this is when it counts, y'all. And you're the, the other thing. All I heard all offseason, Derek, was how this is the best home schedule we've ever had, ever no. in the history of Razorback football. You guys are about to go over from September on. Mm-hmm. In Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium, unless you win, the, that's not fair to the fans that paid the additional money to buy season tickets. That's not fair to the fans that pay hefty, hefty amounts for donations. I mean, you're really going to tell this fan base that you're not going to win us. You, not only are you not going to play the entire month of October in Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium, but you might not win a game in November either. Yeah. At home? I mean, what? I don't even know how to wrap my mind around that, Derek. Well, um, whatever happens, uh, wins or losses, the foundation is always prompt to make sure they get those phone calls out there to uh, get your donation <laughs> paid up in time. So oh, they're man. on top of that. And they're they're undefeated at that. <laughs> Never lost at that. But uh, yeah, it's uh, that's uh, that's something you don't think about sometimes. So uh, we're, and we got uh, we'll get to Joe. let's get to Joe on the phone here, and then I, another thought on this. Avoca, so, Joe. Joe and Avoca's here. Yes, Joe. hi, Joe. Hey guys, how's it going? We're all right. What's going on, man? I, well, I, what I got a problem with, with is their continuous going for it on fourth down. Mm-hmm. When when you got a broke down horse, you don't enter in a race. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got a car that's running on four cylinder, eight cylinder cars running on four. You don't enter in a damn race. Right. Let's see if we can get this anemic offensive let's go for it on fourth down boy that was a brilliant call there i'll tell you what and that was but anyway and the punters can they find a punter anywhere on that campus surely somebody can punt it there there's thousands of people down there yes but anyway <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> and I hope they go for it next week on fourth down too. Go yeah, what? For it again. Keep keep doing it. Hey, keep on going. They're committed to it now. They might as well keep doing it. I'm I'm with you on that. Oh man! All right, since Joe and Avoca just called, Derek, is there any uh, is there any marijuana or, or weed strains in this stra- in this state in reference to uh, the Bryles offense? If, if there's not, if there's not a nickname for that. There should. I'm surprised I haven't seen someone in this state that sells that product that comes up with something that is in reference to Arkansas's offense or Arkansas something because it's so confusing at times why it's not working or just not. No. I want yeah. I, I don't know what what specific brand Joe uh, partakes in when he does, <laughs> but uh, maybe he starts to buy that specific type if he uh, if that pleases him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and again, you know, down there on the goal line, um, I mean, those three points, we might have gotten an overtime out of this game. Yeah, man, you know I, what I mean? Yeah, and I hindsight's always twenty twenty on that. And you lost by three, so it's easy to say, well, costing the game. You also want to put some confidence in the young man that's their quarterback. Malik, we believe in you. We believe you're going to score here. Go make a play. Malik, we're, we believe you're going to get this fourth down conversion when we're near our 50. Go make a play. He didn't make a play. I, I I get that fans are frustrated on that, and maybe the the one where you should have kicked the field goal is a little different. But you also want to instill in, in a young man that, hey, we believe in you. You can do this. He didn't do it, and because if you don't, if you do the opposite, which that's what fans are clamoring for this afternoon, 
then the confidence was shot, and it was already it was already pretty beaten and battered. But if you do that, the confidence is just shot. And unfortunately, he slipped and fell on those two fourth down conversions, which Arkansas came up short on. So um, here's another thing that's rattled around my head here for the last few days. So Kendall Browse has never really stayed anywhere for a long time. Um, and this is his third year here. Has he kind of been found out by the SEC? Well, to to that point, neither is Sam. Sam's been a lot of different places. Yeah. And I, I think it's I think it's good you, you you search until you find your home. And people tell me that Kendall Browse likes living here in family, but a lot of coaches like living in Fayetteville. It's a cool place. Some coaches stay here after. Uh, they leave the university or or they don't get continue on with whatever. I think that we're not asking the same question after last year, right? I mean, Kendall Bryles, they were wheeling and dealing yeah. in November. But this year, you lot, and people say, you guys bring up Burks too much. I mean, KJ does not have anyone, or Malik, or Cade, they don't have anyone that they're like, you know what, one-on-one, I don't care, I'm throwing the football. Or even double coverage, I'm throwing him the guy. I like Matt Landers, I like Jaden Hazelwood, but... I'm not just throwing a dart to them or throwing a fade or throwing just a jump ball because I'm not 100% that they're going to come down with it. Burks was that guy, and that you, you just don't have that. And that was such a luxury that they had last season where when in doubt, KJ, I'm just going to chuck this, see what happens. Most of the time, Traylon said, that's my ball. I'll tell you what happens. I'm going to catch and take it to the house. It's just it's frustrating. There's so many different things on that, and he doesn't – Browson have that at his disposal, Derek, and I think that uh, <laughs> you got to go get another Burks, I guess, if the, if the offense is going to work. Well, I mean, this goes back to uh, some some misses in evaluations. You know, um, the so KJ they get in this situation because KJ's hurt, and the offense can't really go anywhere because you know Hornsby is a missed evaluation. They 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 pulled him back out of the portal to stay here, and that was a miss. They should have spent more time trying to somehow convince Brooks and Fouché to come out of the portal. They didn't do that. Um, the wide receivers, they're very inconsistent. Hazelwood, Landers, I mean, and Warren Thompson disappears for about three games at a time, it seems like. like There's no... I don't know how... KJ, KJ has no comfort level with these guys. I can't imagine how, when you've been working for two weeks, how you can get any kind of comfort level with these guys when you're talking about Hornsby, and then I'm I'm assuming Fortin's getting more reps as well in practice. So good point. They've they've missed that they've missed on some uh, on some evaluations here. They got it right with Drew Sanders. Let's let's call, let's let's go to the other side of that. McLaughlin was was a hit, but some of these um, acquisitions through the portal um, been way too inconsistent. Yeah, I think in on the in the case of Matt Landers, case in point when. The final drive that Arkansas had before Cade Ford gets the, the ball knocked of his, out of his hands by, uh, and then I'm not even just going to mention his name anymore because I'm going to have to hear it too much in the next two years. It's Landers has a perfectly thrown ball hit him in the chest from Forden on like a slant, and it just hits him in the mittens and he drops it. It's like the final drive. It's like, yo, we can't have that on yep. this like on this final possession, and and then when. I don't know, man. And then last week, I mean, Trey drops that touchdown pass that turns into an interception. And you look at KJ's numbers this year. I I, I couldn't tell you what his my, his completion percentage off the top of his head, but how many of those balls have just been dropped? Like, oh. 
And, I mean, one of the reasons Bama's not going to the college football playoff this year is Bryce Young doesn't have anyone to throw the ball to. He doesn't have a Jerry Judy. He doesn't have a Henry Ruggs. He doesn't have a Calvin Ridley or an Amari Cooper or the two guys he played with last year, Jameson Williams and John Mechie, and also Slade Bolton. That's why Alabama's bad, because they don't have any good wide receivers. Arkansas this year has okay wide receivers, but no one that you were absolutely 100% scared of putting man-to-man, one-on-one coverage like they had last year with an All-American. All right, Hog Reaction marches on. Let's get back to the phones, and let's talk to the Grouch here on Hog Reaction. Go ahead, Grouch. <laughs> this is the Grouch. Largest pain in the neck you have during the week when I comment. I would think you'd agree with that, right? Well, you're among them. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, what I want to do is take a position on behalf of the fans, and I'm going to bring to your attention, and maybe this might be directed at you, Derek, but it's done in honesty, but you tell me if uh, I'm wrong. One of the things that as a fan, and I think I can talk as a fan because I started school there in 1966 and I've been listening and watching the Razorbacks for 56 years. I've seen them up, I've seen them down, but the one thing that comments have been made on your show several times, and you did make that today, and I'm just saying this as a fan, is that maybe the fans sometimes put too much pressure on the players. Like one of the things you mentioned was when we see them in public, we pat them on the back and we treat them like they're special. And maybe all of that makes them feel like they've got to perform more than they are able to, or there's too much pressure. My comeback is that when the Arkansas foundation asks you to donate and you have to pay scholarship money to even have the right to buy a ticket, and then you pay the prices that we're paying for the ticket. I honestly think that we can have the expectations that we do have. I don't think that they need to be unrealistic where some people think this year we should have won 10 games. But I think the last thing in the world that anyone should do is put any blame on the fans for anything that happens on the field, good or bad. Because if you lose the fan base, then you don't have a program. There's nothing worse, and you guys, and I have seen it as well, is that when you have a 70,000-seat stadium and you've got 35,000 fans, and we've seen that happen in the past, you know what that can do to the program. So I'm just being kind of an honest guy on how I feel about the fan base and any blame that anyone would ever put on the fan base for the performance on the field. So your comments, I would appreciate. Thank you, Grouch. My my, my thought on that is is this. It's not so much a criticism of the fans when I talk about all that pressure. I think of it as a 19-year-old person, and that's got to mess with your head when everywhere you go, you're like the biggest thing. Like There aren't a lot of people that are equipped to handle that. At, at a young age, and sometimes when you're a coach at an older age. So I'm not so much commenting when I talk about the pressure on the fans. I think it's it's more on how, are, how do you become, as a player or a coach here, where you're the only thing going, really, um, how, do you, how are you equipped to handle that sort of um, 
attention all the time because it's got to mess with you in some in sometimes. I think you're valid in that thought, but I, I would say that the same thing's happening in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and all these other college towns that you have to play where the young men and, in some cases, the young ladies that are walking around town and campus are getting paraded or flooded with autograph requests or pictures or whatever the case may be. And the interactions that I've seen from KJ and others in public, they uh, – they're very respectful. They're very nice, and they're very cool about that. And I, I think that adds to the pressure. But I don't think, like, let me be be clear about this, similar to what the Grouch was saying. Like, we should have expectations. Sure. And I and I said, and I, it's I kind of stand on the fence on this because, to your point, it is true. There is an added pressure value, but there's also added pressure values in every other college and. I just think as an Arkansas fan, when you think about your three major sports, the ones that we talk about on a daily basis, football, basketball, and baseball. In baseball, you expect to make a super regional every year. Whether that's right, whether that's wrong, that is the consensus take that I hear from this fan base is make a super regional. For basketball, it's changed a little bit. The dynamic has changed since Eric Musselman got here. I think this year's team, a lot of you expect to make the Elite Eight Final Four. I don't know if those are fair or not, but I think second weekend is kind of what it's shifted to with Muss in town. Football, bowl game, compete for an SEC title every four or five years. I think that's – and I, that's not that, – that's not Bama. That's not Baton Rouge. The, the expectations are less difficult here. And you could couple that with, well, there's not as much high school talent in the state. It's a little bit more difficult to recruit. And I get all that, but that's – I don't think our fan base for the consensus, Derek – has an egregious expectation for our football team. Some are, but for the majority, I think it's pretty kind of in that 7-8 win range, which I don't think is is for – I don't think that's an awful opinion of what I, your football program is. I, I would agree that's that's reasonable, and that's what uh, most people think. Let's get to some more uh, calls here. Double D's on the line in Bentonville. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, enjoy the show. Kudos to the defense. Yes, they've stepped up and played great, uh, but the offense, uh, Bryles, continues to run plays that have no chance at success. Uh, LSU's greatest asset on defense is what their speed, and yet we continued to try to run wide against them. Plus, we got a rookie right tackle. They got number forty is wearing us out, and we don't give him any help. That's just offensive coaching. I mean, that's just poor coaching that that we wouldn't put a tight end over there or a running back to chip on that kid. And the other thing is going for it on fourth down cost us the game. Cost us three and gave them seven. So this game, this loss was completely on the offensive coaching staff. And, oh, by the way, that great powerhouse Liberty got beat today. <laughs> to UConn. Yeah. To UConn, UConn. Derek. UConn. UConn. UConn, the powerhouse Liberty team that the media and everybody was trying to tell us was so good, bull hockey. They weren't. They're not very good, and we're not very good. We've got to make some changes on the offensive staff, or we'll or we'll never get any better. Thanks. I'll hang. Thanks. Enjoy your show, Derek. Can we can we touch on something he just said? Yes. You're not a good football team. Okay. I don't have. Any, I don't any, have a problem with that. Any disagreement on that? No. Okay. You have been one good football team this year, Cincinnati. The other teams, mediocre to marginal, whatever adjective or adverb you want to use there. You're not a good football team. 
And I hate saying that because I thought you were going to be. I think every single one of you listening thought you were going to be better than what you are at this point in time. I don't think a single one of you thought 5-5 five and five after but 10 games. They're, they're in this weird spot, Ty, because I don't think they're bad. Correct. But they're yes. not good. You know, they're like, they're they're just, the, the boat is just sitting there. It's not really going anywhere. It's just it's just sitting there. Like, they're not bad. I mean, they, they held LSU to one touchdown today. Last week, Liberty didn't score any points in the second half. The defense is getting better. The offense is getting worse. That's that's what's going on here. So I mean, they're they got issues. And you know, Robert Mann earlier called in and talked about how when one thing breaks, like there's there's two other things or three other things that fall apart. That's just the life of trying to put together a roster at this school. There's always gonna be things you they'll you cannot at least in my time doing this. There's always gonna be a hole somewhere. And you're, the object is to try and minimize the damage with that. And sometimes, I mean, just to have everything, all the positions working together on the both sides of the ball, it's it's very it's very rare. And it's not on this team, and it hasn't been on many Arkansas teams in the last 30 years probably. Sam has the most difficult job on that campus, and to me it's not close, especially in the sports department. I mean, Courtney just brought in the number – one softball recruiting class for a second consecutive year. No one knew what Arkansas softball was till two years ago. It didn't and exist, basically. Yeah, it, it yeah. didn't exist at all. And she has somehow, some way, not just revived, but resurrected that program. Dave consistently brings in top five classics. Eric just brought in the number two class in the country. He had the number, what, four class in the country two seasons ago. And I couldn't tell you about the other recruiting and some of the other sports. Coach Neighbors brought in uh, some – he's brought in some really talented players the last couple of years. And I'm not going to say you haven't brought in players for football, but you haven't had a top ten football recruiting class since the modern era of recruiting existed, basically early 2000s, late 90s. And I don't I don't know how you changed that legitimately because no. – the. The truth of the matter is, and a lot of you listening that have sons or connected, maybe your high school coach, Arkansas football just doesn't stack up to the other states you're competing against. It doesn't. It's not close. And I, I like Arkansas high school football. I enjoy watching it when I was in high school, and I enjoy watching highlights. And there are some young men that can play in this. But when you stack it up against the other states that we have to compete against in this league, it is night and day. Go look at the Catholic schools in Northern, excuse me, in New Orleans, and look at what they put on the field against the best team that you have, maybe in the state against Bryan. Look at some of the other comparisons with the best teams in our state versus the other teams across the states you compete. It's not close, and so Sam just has this uphill battle that every other head coach at Arkansas has had that is so difficult to overcome. Derek. The, the last great high school team in this state to produce Division One talent. Now you can. Bryant is a great team. They have not produced consistent Division One football talent, but the last great team was 2005 state champions Springdale Bulldogs. Five D1 players on that roster. Mm-hmm. No one's no one's come close to that since, have they? Anywhere I don't in the think state? Because so. you think about when when you reference that, I, I was just kind of thinking about this when it comes to Arkansas high school. So when you think of football teams dominant in this state. There's a couple that come to mind. Greenwood Bulldogs, Bryant Hornets, Pulaski Academy Bruins, 
Shiloh Christian for a while. I don't. I think they're still pretty good. I mean, who yep. am I missing? But I mean, Brian's got that. I think Lindsey kid, who's that six five DN. That's a twenty twenty four kid. But those teams that I just referenced, like if you're the best team in your state, and this isn't a this isn't a coaching issue because their coaches are great. That's why they're winning. I mean, Pulaski Academy went from Kevin Kelly to former Razorback Anthony Lucas, and they're still wheeling. But they're just not producing consistent D1 that, talent. You say, well, Tyler Wilson, Drew Morgan for Greenwood, or you say for Pulaski Academy, and I brought up Lindsey, that kid. But like I, I, when you look at these other schools, Derek, it's every year. Every stinking year, they've got two, three, four, five, six D1 guys that are going in-state or out-of-state. You don't have that for the top dog high schools in your state. It's you got really good players and really good coaching, but it's not D1 talent that you're seeing every single week. Now, when in the 80s and 90s, when Bernie Cox had Little Rock Central rolling, they were it was they were putting a lot of guys at the University of Arkansas. Since then, you're, you're you're exactly right. The best state teams, for whatever reason, they have not produced the most regular, consistent players for the Razorbacks. It it, it has not happened in 20, 25 years or so, twenty years, where you've seen that. Um, and it's it, just it's that's that's one thing in recruiting. That's one of the difficult parts of this job is uh, that. You can't just go, oh, you know, well, you can get six guys out of Bryant this year, and then we can get five guys out of Greenwood. Like, it doesn't it doesn't translate. Louisiana could give LSU a D1 football team right now, the state itself. They could field a team with Louisiana players. You can't do that in Arkansas. And, again, I, I, I'm just telling you all the facts. And I know that you, again, probably have a son or a, or a grandson or whoever that – that you see play high school and you say, well, he competes, he's hard. I'm not, I'm not knocking him for that. I'm not knocking. I, I'm just telling you like it is. Look at the recruiting rankings when it comes to your state versus others. So that makes Sam's job extremely difficult. So when you do hit the portal for options like we were referencing earlier, you better hit them. And if you don't, then you don't have this, this five-star young man that you can just go to and say, you know what, you're going to start. And, I mean, LSU started two left tackles today that are true freshmen. Now, I know defensively you got to them, but you just don't have the same luxury that Alabama, that Georgia, that LSU, and the other top dogs in this league have when it comes to recruiting in-state. That is such a difficult thing and almost an insurmountable thing to a certain extent when it comes to this football program and what you go up against every single year in recruiting, Derek. This is Hog Reaction live at Randall Ford, 5500 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith, the fourth oldest Ford dealership in America. Rocket to the 40, to the 30, to the 20, to the 10, to the house. Brought to you by The Party Place, the largest locally owned party supply store in Arkansas with locations in Fort Smith, Rogers, and Conway. Let's party. I'm behind Lisa on the bridge, and I have jumped off. I am in the river. Call or text the show at 866-285-4005. All right, Hog Reaction here with you on ESPN Arkansas and on HitThatLine.com. Let's uh, go to John in Florida. John, thanks for waiting. Uh, go ahead. Uh, no worries. Uh, yeah, I've, it's been a couple of hurricanes since I called you last. <laughs> uh, it's right. And, 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 and you all, Ian and uh, Nicole, you all have uh, – have pretty much reflected, I think, what every, every fan is thinking. I just look back, though, and 
think uh, Mississippi State and and maybe even Alabama were all questioning Barry Odom, and they're talking about injuries and this and that. Uh, that seems to have turned around. Now we're questioning the office, offense, and uh, I think it's like you said, Derek, it seems, as soon as one thing goes wrong, everything goes wrong. Uh, I mean, inconsistency, right? Well, th- I mean, this is um... – this is Arkansas football. Like, they're never going to have every position fully loaded all the time. That's mm-hmm. just not – it's just not possible. But what you hope is that you have enough at enough spots where you can put together a run and have a, have a successful season. And, like, as, as Ty has mentioned, and, and I agree with him, that uh, you should be in a bowl every single year. And um, that's particularly with um, a returning veteran offensive line, a returning quarterback – and um, you know, it, it's some of the acquisitions that they made in the uh, on the defensive side of the ball, um, and here they are on the uh, doorstep of not making a bowl game. Yeah, and I don't know if they're going to. I mean, I said it earlier. Do you feel confident that you're going to eat beat one of the two remaining M schools that we always talk about? I know Ole Miss is in a dogfight right now with Alabama, but Missouri. I'm. I know. Tennessee shelled them today, but your offense hasn't shown anything the last two weeks that convinces me that you can hang 60-whatever like the Vols did later on. I think the only question that we haven't asked, Eric, is it beer or liquor tonight? That's the only only question I've really contemplated the last hour doing this show. It's got to be a liquor night. Is it a liquor night? I think so, yeah. I think it is. When you make that decision – do you feel like you drink more after a loss or after a big-time win? I've often asked that of Razorback fans because I always hear, hey, we're hogs, win or lose, we booze. But I've often <laughs> I've often thought of that now, especially that I'm of age. Do you drink more or less when you win or lose? Like, How does that play I, into the uh, the night ahead, Derek? That's a, that's a good poll question. Do you drink more or less after a uh, after a win or a loss? That's Listen, I gave you some caught you and Zach some, some content. Co- there you go. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, we haven't alluded to this yet. Why were they watering the field this morning to try and get the ice uh. off of it? What in God's name are you doing out there? Like, I'm not a I'm not a scientist, but when it's 32 and you spray water on something, it's gonna freeze. I don't know. Dude, that's that's pretty funny. I did get a kick out of the some Razorback account posted a picture of Hunter Urichek shoveling snow off yes. the bleach off the bleachers or whatever. I, I laughed at that. We haven't brought up Hunter yet. What do no. you think he's saying to Sam Pittman later on tonight or later on this week? I, I I don't know what his approach is behind the scenes. I know that's a, he's a highly competitive athletics director. Some guys are just there to cast a check and. Do whatever. That guy wants to win. What do, you, what do you think he's saying to Sam Pittman? Not just after this week, but after this season. I don't know if there. I don't know if it's um time for the fiery. You know, you got to do this, 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 and this. I think he's more of a. Um, I feel that just is he a hands off AD or hands on? Just a, a gut reaction. I think he's listen. I think he would listen. I'd be like, like, tell me what what happened here. You know, like I don't think he would go in there and just start. You know. Hey, buddy, what's going on here? Like, I, I think that, I think you got to listen and you got to uh, like try and understand what's going on here. I don't think he's going to start, you know, dictating how to run the staff. But also, remember, every year there are staff changes, so there will probably be staff changes because 
it's happened the first two off seasons. So I would yep. expect it to happen again. I don't know where it'll be or, you know, what side of the ball, what position group, any of that. But I mean, we've seen that before. We'll probably see that again for the people that are clamoring for, for staff changes that that'll probably happen at some point. Derek, one thing I think we know about Hunter Yurchek is the guy does listen. We've seen it with fans, Nolan Richardson court, Coca-Cola, and there's various things that you have clamored and screamed to the rooftops for that he made happen at this position. And you guys are you guys are venting. You're frustrated throughout the day's show. The same will be said on the Morning Rush halftime in Ruskin and Zach when it comes on Monday. You guys will vent. You'll hear the frustration. Let's just call a spade a spade. They listen to us. The athletic department, they listen to mm-hmm. our station every single day and every single week because they want to know what fans are thinking. Now, that's not a... I don't know if that's a byproduct of what we're doing, if that's good content or not. Some days I think we're doing a good job. Some days I wake up and I wonder, man, I don't know. Uh, that, that yesterday's show was awful, and I'm a huge part of why that was. But I, you know they're listening. They I, they might even be listening right now. Want someone, if not Hunter, then uh, someone in the athletic department is listening. And I want to know what they're thinking. They'll never say that publicly. But, I mean – you were perceived to be this team that was about to take that even a greater step than last year. You were going to be the team that, hey, is this the year you finally beat Alabama? Is this finally have? Can you actually be the second best team in the SEC West? Well, you got the second right. You're the second worst team in the SEC West, Derek. Yeah, and uh, it is. Um, it has not gone the way that they they thought it would. Obviously, now they're teetering on bowl eligibility with another home game. Uh, I'm, I, I like something you said earlier, too. Like, the, people spend a lot of money on this stuff. Um, I don't, but a lot of people do. And so for the last two weeks, especially today, to sit out there in 20-mile-an-hour winds and freeze your butt off to watch that, like, that's, uh, that's, that's tough. Mm-hmm. That is tough. I, I want to give credit to the fans that were in attendance today. You were loud. You were impactful. LSU had more penalties than you do, and that was a byproduct of the the noise that you made on the field. I, I didn't get a chance to to hear if Coach Pittman addressed that or not. It's hard to talk about the fan base when you're losing or the crowd or whatever. No. You guys brought it today, though, and no. and some of you chose to leave the Deerwoods, come to Fayetteville, watch this game, and be as loud as boisterous as you usually are, make it an intense home atmosphere that LSU. Didn't look like they were ready for from the jump. And offensively, defensively, (laughs) they gave you what you paid for. Offensively, not so much, Derek. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.